Hello and welcome back to another episode of Faking Injuries. We've got a couple episodes in the bank we're working on, but in today's episode, we're just going to run through some topical storylines, some news from this week, and I think there's only one place to start, Charlie, because you have been validated in the court of public opinion. You have had this take a while, really when it was unpopular, but talk to us about Makoko and the scandal that's come out this week. Yeah, I've even received some hate on Twitter for this take of mine in the past, and I just want to do a nice long victory lap here because Yusufa Makoko, the alleged wonder kid who's supposed to be 16, 17, he's actually 22. So this is a big victory for me because I just feel like, I've been saying this for a while, the guy's at least in his 20s, and you know everyone's like, oh, this exciting new 15-year-old wonder kid. Look at his face, he's got a full beard. He's been grown for 10 years. What? No, I totally agree. And this evidence really shouldn't be hard to produce if it is irrefutable, right? Let's see some old disposable photos, right, where they kind of have the date time in the corner. I have a feeling that it would indicate he was a really big, like, two-year-old. He's still breastfeeding as allegedly a 60-month-old. That would be <laughs> troublesome for his camp to vindicate. But also, this is kind of an aspect of the industry that goes overlooked sometimes, right? We've seen this scandal before in Germany, but players aren't exactly who they say they are in terms of their legal name, and they're not as young as they'd lead us to believe either. Definitely not as young as advertised. We had this similar situation with uh, Silas Wamangatuka, which his last name is not actually Wamangatuka. <laughs> he made that up. And it's similar with Makoko. He has a different last name. And... There's got to be an industry here we can tap into, you know, the the passport, the, the books business, as they call it. I think we could do some manipulation of, uh, you know, names, ages, countries of origin, and market ourselves as consultants. Yeah, I don't want to engage in overtly illegal activities, but if there's like a drop shipping equivalent of this, where we can connect them with some great foragers in Eastern Europe, maybe in Asia... This could be a really profitable endeavor, and there's a clear demand all across Europe because the younger you get for the same level of talent adjusted, you're going to see higher transfer fees, so there's always going to be incentives there. Yeah, it's, it's funny, too, because Dortmund in the past have uh, you know made statements like, we have the papers, Yusofa Makoko is the age he says he is. We didn't buy it, and now this is going to be an interesting summer for them because he's trying to get huge money and might leave the club in the summer if they don't give him a new contract, but now that... He's actually 22. Are as many clubs going to want to be dying to sign him on massive wages? I'm not so sure. And how do Dortmund handle the situation, right? They just have to accept the fact that he's 22 and he is a very good player still. Yeah, it definitely has to change the dynamics. And maybe this is a good segue to get into our broader Chelsea conversation because there's been an influx of youth there. But I'm thinking that maybe it was Todd Bowley and some refined American due diligence that really brought this out because they were rumored to be offering him a free contract. You know they needed to see the source documents. Yeah, they needed to see a birth certificate for sure. Let's keep talking Chelsea. Maybe use this as a quick transfer roundup. Just let you give a state of affairs. Have to start. Big news. Michaela Mudrick, big Ukrainian talent, just signed. 
How are you feeling? I'm super excited about this one. I mean, he's an incredible talent, has been prolific in the Champions League and for Shakhtar Donetsk for the last year, last two years for Shakhtar. And if we're being honest, he probably is pretty close to a 100 million pound player. Obviously, a lot of people say it's an overpay, but I'd imagine Todd Bowley and co did it because they wanted the deal done quick. They didn't want to have to deal with competing offers with Arsenal. They said to Shakhtar, hey, we're going to give you everything you want. None of this negotiating add-ons. 100 mil up front, let's do it. And and for a club like Shakhtar Nets, it's hard to say no to that, even for your best star of the last decade. Are you a fan of Todd Bowie's negotiating style? Because it seems like he came in, made no suggestions, and was like, where do I sign? Do you think he was just terrified to be negotiating in Eastern Europe and Poland and was like, get me the fuck out of here? <laughs> no, I just think there's no negotiation with Todd. He just, uh, he, he walks in, he says, I have lots of money, I want you to take some, and that's that. This could be seen as a charitable contribution on his behalf towards the cause. Yeah, that is an angle of this too, because Shakhtar was holding out for what would otherwise be seen as an obscene amount of money, but they got got fucked over frankly by fifa uefa's rule that players could leave their squad essentially for free or well below fair market value so they need to make up for some lost transfer fees that were incurred over the summer had a lot of outflows without cash coming in i think at least 20 mil 20 percent of this has to be written off as a charitable contribution because it's yep. going back to the ukrainian effort yeah they deserve this just on mujik real quick i mean he's just an incredibly exciting player, 20 years old. He's one of the fastest players in the world. He's a counterattacking style guy. You know, he just breaks really fast and he's a pretty elite finisher. So we'll see where he fits in. But we were talking about this before recording. It just seems like Chelsea, the attack of the last few years has not worked. And they're just saying, fuck it. Let's burn it all. Let's start from scratch. We got Jal Felix in. We got Mudrik in. Let's just see what happens. And See who truly fits in this Potter system. Certainly. And last part on Mudrick, but do you think Ederson is getting nervous? Maybe you think that's a weird connection, but with Mudrick's arrival, who's going to have the better neck tattoo portfolio in the Premier League? Mudrick sports a few. He's got some interesting stuff on the side of his neck, and then he's got one center mass, almost like a collar he's wearing in ink. What does it yeah. say? It says talent isn't enough, and it's just directly underneath his face on his neck. So he must have gotten sick, or maybe the post-its just weren't available for him to put up in his childhood bathroom mirror. He just tattooed it. This is permanent. I'm going to get the hell out of Ukraine. I hope he's the new David Beckham, because these tattoos could age very poorly. I uh, I have a feeling Ederson, though, and you know the Richarlison's of the world, anyone who's really sporting neck tattoos as much as the Brazilians are, they got to be nervous, because this guy's young, and he's already covered. He hardly has any room to work with anymore. Yeah, and the skin's looking good. You know, I think they've got a good moisturizing pattern going on, but that's probably a good place to wrap up Mudrick. Is there anything else you want to talk on the Chelsea front or keep it moving? Uh, just briefly, you know, I think we've been pretty active this transfer window. Obviously, Benoit Badeschiel for 40 mil. Anytime you're signing a French left-footed center back, usually a sporting director's dream. David Dautry Fofana is another interesting one. It feels like it skipped a step in the typical hierarchy of stepping stones and career progression. Going to be honest, I kind of miss the days where star young players for a club like Molda would just make the reasonable step to a Bundesliga or Liga club or even a Belgian or Netherlands club develop themselves a couple of years as season, they're younger. Please. Season, and that way 
that team also gets a fee. So Molde gets the fee they got, and then that team gets another fee from a club like Chelsea. But we're skipping the steps, and that's been a clear strategy of Todd Bowley and co, is to just scoop up these youngsters early, I guess loan some of them out, and try not to make as many 100 million outlays on one player. Yeah, maybe it's easier to spread that out over seven happy players and greedy agents, and your $100 million player could be one of those. Yeah, but we do love David Datrivafana at this podcast. He's probably not going to work out now they sign for Chelsea, but <laughs> <laughs> he's a special type of player. He's an all-round striker, kind of has a little Usman Dembele in him. He loves a good pump fake, probably more comparable to like an Openda, a very fast dribbler, likes to run the channels, and can finish when necessary. Yeah, good one there too. And I'm excited because I have a total football commentary poetry book coming in. So I'm really trying to gear up on my phrases over the coming year. But that move is also called, you know, running off the defender's shoulder. You know, he, he really likes to do that time mm. to run well. So I think we should probably wrap up on Chelsea, but just one more transfer target that they have to focus on the rest of this window. And that is uh, a new physical therapist, a new uh, team of medical staff. I think we can field a full 11 right now of injured players. So that has to change. If we're going to be short-term speculators, as we like to pride ourselves on, we should try to sell Chelsea a physical therapist because they're going at a premium right now in whatever luxurious pocket of London they inhabit. One and a half, two million pounds right away. Yeah, let's make it happen. I think we can make that happen. Let's move it next to a business idea you had. I don't know if this was a shower idea or just had a nice cup of coffee, but you've got a product or business that I think might be a good investment opportunity. Yeah, I think we're always trying to find angles um, where we can enter into the business of, of football. And this was a shower thought that I had. You know, there are a lot of specialists who have wiggled their way into the wallets of these professional footballers who make obscene amounts of money every year. They're hiring professional chefs. They're hiring stylists, PR experts, agents, and they're paying them all a pretty penny. Now, what I'm thinking is how about some of these Premier League stars hire a manager for all their baby mamas? Because if you're Christian Romero living in London, you probably got around 17 to deal with. And that's a lot to have on your plate when you got to play week in, week out. We'll have a consulting firm for this specific service, but you hire a guy, you give him your burner phone with all the baby mama's contacts and he does the communicating. He'll set you up on the dates. You don't have to manage any of it. Outsource when possible because these guys got to focus on football 24-7. I've heard on NFL podcasts before that there are people teams will employ to make sure the wives aren't sitting next to the girlfriends. This is just an extension of that. I know things are a lot more free-flowing as far as romantic things go in Europe. So there can only be more of that going on across the Atlantic. Operationally, from a company perspective, we got to make it easy on them, right? We send them a really simple, chic Excel template. You just type in baby mama name, best contact. Probably 50% of these ladies have emails to begin with or men. Yeah, you let them know how frequently you want them to set you up on a, a date or a visit with the baby mama. <laughs> and you really just have this well managed in a dashboard, you know. We'll, we'll hire a few, we'll hire a few ops guys to really enhance the systems. Yeah, but there's must haves, need to haves. Like you send them a text from X player's phone. You get them flowers once a month. 
maybe if you don't like the desired response, you pull that back a little bit. Yeah, and that way we can have a whole database of Baby Mambas for all of the players we manage. And, you know, if one wants to, you know, get rid of a certain Baby Mamba, we can transfer it to a, a new London resident like Benoit Batty-Shiel. Are we going to facilitate the loaning and transferring of Baby Mamas? Yeah, we're going to have a pipeline. It's going to be an Excel file. And we're going to have a, a database feed into it of all the Baby Mambas present in London, right? And then, you know, we can just do transfers between the players when necessary no i think that would certainly help with player welfare we're always about that on this podcast and like a lot of tech companies the product starts there's this vision around it but when you hit enough of a critical mass you have such a good customer database a lot of time that turns into a revenue source as well so i really like the various upside angles to this one and we got to make sure we keep on this idea we can't let this one die in the dark yeah check out baby mama managers llc (laughs) Respectfully. Respectfully. Respectfully, of course. We're just trying to look out for the players at the end of the day. And the baby mamas, first of all. Yeah. You know, because this service doesn't exist yet. And so it's not optimally serving them or the players. And we want both to be happy. I got an issue I wanted to bring up to you. So I'm usually a safe driver. You know, I never really text and drive. I I don't drink and drive. Of course not. But I do have a major problem that's come up in the last few weeks. I've started to foot mob and drive (laughs) which might be more dangerous than the previous two i just mentioned but it's a real issue especially if there's a couple games going on and i'm driving to an appointment or trying to get home quickly in time to watch the rest of it i sometimes can't put the phone down and it's too tempting if it's right there yeah i mean there's prospects out there to be discovered and any one of those could pay our retirement fund so i there's an obvious need to be scrolling at all times and as Soccer grows more in the U.S. This could become a real issue, especially as foot mob rises in their prominence as we are pushing for. But we might need some campaigns around this. You know, people do the don't text and drive campaign, but we might need billboards about foot mob and driving. Yeah, just current allocation. It's 100% texting and driving right now. Let's just adjust that toggle a little bit. Maybe let's get 10% of that budget going to foot mob and driving because it will be an epidemic. And we've seen what COVID's done. This is an outbreak that we can prevent. Yeah, you want to be preventative, not reactionary after it happens. And we know this is coming. We're letting you know. Love it, Charlie. Is that all you have on foot mob and driving? Safety first? Safety first. And please don't do it because I was a danger to others yesterday. Well, we're lucky that nothing happened consequential to that. But this was fun. This was a structure I think we can follow as we... Focus on smaller episodes, building up a bit of a bank, and maybe releasing a couple a week. We've always got stupid thoughts related to news that comes across our desk through its various ways. Good business ideas, controversies, and validation of Yusuf Makoko's age as well. Yeah, I think we like just doing these casual, whatever's on our mind, mailbag, random episodes every once in a while. And, you know, these will be shorter, but we hope you get a good laugh out of them. Yes, we do. So... Follow us on Twitter, at Faking Injuries. And rate us on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, Amazon, maybe Apple in the future. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.